Hi, my name is Alistair. Hi, my name is Kat, and this is Bound Pop Productions Podcast. And? And what do you have for us today? Well, I was going to talk a little bit about what happened with Matt Hancock. All right. He was, until very recently, the health secretary. Mm-hmm. No, health secretary? Dealing with covid do I not, think he's health secretary. I'm he was the health sure secretary, right? And, yeah, 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 yeah. He was the health secretary, health. and COVID came, was. came, was, and COVID came under his jurisdiction. Um, it, it's interesting. It's uh, the, you know, the news is he was caught in video having an affair um, with, I think, one of his aides, someone he works with, or secretary, or something. Cliche. But I'm not sure. There's a video of him kissing her in a hotel room or something, and the story was actually that this was a breach of COVID um, distancing rules. I thought that was kind of interesting, kind of funny, because when I first read the story breaking in the morning, I I kind of flicked through the headlines and saw it, and it just said Matt Hancock um, broke social distancing rules. Apologies for it. It wasn't until about seven hours later in the day that I read a full article that I saw it was Mm -hmm. because he had an affair. Like, I mean, the angle really was to do with social distancing rather than the affair. Um, until later on, I thought that was strange. Cause I just read he broke social distance. I thought, okay, fine. Like, I just, like lots of people do it. It's difficult yeah. to manage it in all circumstances. Um, the fact is coming from the angle of a breach of social me- of the measures against COVID rather than he's had an affair. Yeah, is a different angle for mainstream newspapers to take. But this is the thing. By the end of the day, I read that? a few headlines. Mm-hmm. Um, with you know, it was to do with the affair. I think now it's mainly to do with the affair rather. But now, I just thought, but not yeah, when I initially just, hit. This is it. Well, just on that morning, I was on the train mm-hmm. um, quite early and. Um, I, as I said, I was flicking through headlines. I wasn't really reading any articles, but I think the three headlines that I saw on this subject um, didn't mention the affair at all. It wasn't even in the head. And it wouldn't be that difficult to edit, you know, to broke those social distance so rules while having why? an affair, you know? Why would they take this particular angle? Well, I don't know. I'm really not sure. I'd, I'd love to know why the editors thought they'd uh-huh. do it that way. Um, I'd, I guess The Sun was the one that broke this story. So, of course, of course, it would be the sun. <laughs> I, yeah. Why wouldn't it be the sun? <laughs> news of the world. News no. of the world. <laughs> it's not. It's like the smuttiest news of the Britain. <laughs> <laughs> the um, yeah, they were. I suspect their headline was probably heavy on the affair side. I'm not too, not too sure. Um, because they're so sensible. Yeah. Because <laughs> we all know they're good how Christian, moral yeah. driven Morally, the sun yeah. is. <laughs> the news of the world is. I mean, did he still have to a dead girl's phone? Did he still have <laughs> the page three girls in their newspaper? Because I remember, like, I wouldn't know that. I could find out. Although, with the progression of so-called equality. Mm. Not that I don't think it, uh, not that I don't think equality is a good thing. It's just that I think we all have our own oh. views on it. But with the advent of more of not more equality, but of women speaking out against what you call objectification more online. The women's now, libbers. <laughs> I don't know whether they would have what you call four on page three. And I think because you just tend to go online now in the UK to look at nude women or porn, you see it less in shops. Like you see I was, that's exactly in... what I was going to mention. I remember about 10 years ago, this was a big push where a lot of supermarkets had to catch up and they said, we're going to stop selling um, uh, nude magazines mm-hmm. or magazines that promote nudity. 
So there was a lot of things out. Do you remember there was those kind of like partial ones, like kind of zoo or nuts, I think, with kind of men's. I remember nuts when I was yeah. in high school. So it's that kind of thing. I think they, they said they were going to stop selling those. And I thought it was amazing. I think, I don't really remember now. It was so long ago. But I think there was a few magazines that, like there was a few major supermarkets that sold like full-on pornographic um like magazines um you know the ones that are kind of in black bags kind of things so yeah yeah i think even up to 10 years ago this it sounds crazy to me now to think you could go into a supermarket and pick that up but i do think that so anyway at that time that those supermarkets were starting to come down there's a push against like, well why should women have to look at this objectification while they're shopping that's ridiculous well, it's um, just objectified online now. <laughs> this is it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's maybe no, less completely. available in physical spaces in the UK, but it doesn't. But it's still available online. Completely, spaces. yeah. Um, but that was the push uh, at the time, and I guess the internet wasn't as big, like ubiquitous as it It was massive, but you know, not as ubiquitous as it is now. Um, but I thought it was interesting. At that time, I remember The Sun did a thing where, I don't know if it was Rupert Murdoch or the editor or whoever, they announced they were going to be getting rid of the page three girls to catch up with modern times. And it was about the same time that this debate was going on about supermarkets. And then I think a week later, they said, psych, bringing it back. And they put the naked girls straight back into it. Psych. psych. So it was yeah, they a made, PR stunt. Well, so they made a huge Bit deal about how they were going um, going modern and um, kind of saying, yeah, we don't think women should have to look at this while they're reading, you know. The newspaper and I, you know i think the argument was that it really reinforced gender stereotypes because you've got the news being made of powerful men who are actors you know they're committing the actions in the world and um, they're doers and then next to it you've got naked women who are the eye candy and i said this juxtaposition isn't good in a modern modern world anyway I'm, I'm pretty sure they did this yeah joke where they said they were getting rid of it and catching up with modernity and then they uh <laughs> they gave the middle fingers to all the campaigners and said, yeah, topless girls back in the menu. <laughs> Come get the sun. So I was just wondering if they still have that now in the, the sun. Did I'm going to find out. Yeah, because just... I think maybe it's not so visible now. I think even the sun has to be dragged into, 20, yeah. into the 21st well, century. Once we've done the podcast, I'll um, I'll research that, but just don't don't interrupt me. I'll, I'll have a look. Just, oh I'll, I'll close the door and I'll just I'll do the research for us. So. But behind a closed door, yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. be interrupted. Yeah, exactly. With you your vegetable mind. oil. No. What, as a lubricant, you mean? No, just something that you'll need to cook your meal with. <laughs> sure. I think vegetable oil would make a good lubricant, actually. Now, to take ourselves back to Hancock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a joke about the fact that we don't have any lube in the house. Oh my god, Alistair. Oh, should I not say that? Awkward. Let's get back to Hancock. Yeah. We diverted onto like a total tangent. So it let's wasn't get that back tangent. to Hancock. So it, okay. The linking factor was the. Um, what was the linking factor again? I'm trying to think of a word. You know, kind of was it salarious or sali- I was going to salacious. Say salacious. I was going to say celestial. <laughs> salacious details of the affair not being front and center. Maybe the sun would have gone with that. I don't know. Um, but. As a way to introduce it, that's the story. And I think what I was thinking about while this was going on is how much stick people have been getting um, in leadership roles for breaking COVID rules or in general not doing their best to deal with the the pandemic. Um, I find it very partisan, actually. I find what you'll say is... 
in the Scotland particularly, people who are pro-union will uh-huh. typically be conservative voters, typically. Yeah. And they will um, give all their support to the UK government yeah. and say it's fine, they can, you know, they've done good and give a lot of forgiveness for what they've done wrong. People who are pro-independence will criticise London but then completely dismiss it when it happens from the SNP. Um, and I see this in America as well, you know, it's amazing how much um, shit Donald Trump got for this. Um, and then from, you know, the, the kind of uh, Democrats, you know, getting more, and then completely forgiving the same things when it's the Democrats doing it. Um, I, I think there seems to be... Yeah, it's the same action, but if the sides are different, then they that change will it's, yeah. alter right and wrong. But that is in the eyes of the beholder. Completely. Um, and I just think that as far as government responses to the pandemic have gone... Um, I don't think anyone's done a particularly bad job of it. It was a novel situation. Um, different experts were saying different things could happen. And, um, you know, it's about balancing lots of different expert opinion. Um, I know that people that were supportive of measures and lockdown said, oh, guess what, you know, um, if we'd locked down sooner or harder or whatever, um, there wouldn't have been so many deaths or the cases wouldn't have spiked, which is true. But, you know, if you imagine Boris Johnson making decisions and calls on this. He's, imagine him like at a table and yes, he's got health experts talking about the best way to protect people. But he's also got, you know, economists and business people who are saying this is what business needs to get through this. And, you know, th- these are all, there's lots of different competing interests here. You know, the policy isn't just for one thing. People that want to come out of lockdown and do stuff, they far more care about the business side of things. They quote the business experts that said, we need this, we need people out, we need people shopping, we need people working. But they're kind of ignoring the um the uh maybe the health experts a little bit more. I I I don't think there's a perfectly you know, there's no perfect um way to do this and lots of countries have tried different things and different ways of doing it. All of these different ways have benefits and cons as well. Um I don't think I've seen anything that I would call out and out incompetence. In fact, I, I think Boris Johnson is one of the worst prime ministers the UK's ever had. I do find him incompetent in the way he dealt with um, his own party, backbenchers and, and, and Brexit. Um, however, I was actually very impressed by him at the start of the pandemic. I thought, he, you know, he was talking very, you know, for a, a politician who has kind of made his career by fluffing up all of his statements, not like giving mm-hmm. fluffy, not really any content to it. Um, very kind Basically, of one like being a bit like a clown, like a bit of an old. Exactly, and just deflecting what he's doing, not really giving any concrete answers. That's quite a distraction. I actually felt at the start of the pandemic, he quite rightly changed his tone to the public quickly and talked about these in very open and honest ways, like what might need to happen, mm-hmm. what could happen. Um, I'm not a fan of Boris Johnson, but I was actually impressed by him. Um, I also think Nicola Sturgeon Scotland's done absolutely fantastic job. There's been a few scandals related to it, but. None of these seem to be particularly... Um, sticking. Well, I think they are again, among certain communities, but none of them feel particularly bad mm-hmm. to me. The big one was the care homes scandal, no. where there was an option to move people out of care homes and back into the community or keep them in care homes. And there'd been one or two outbreaks within it. And people said, oh, you know, Nicholas Surgeon has to resign because this policy led to it. It's like, well, 
I mean, that's absolutely fine, but there wasn't enough evidence at the start of this mm-hmm. to determine what was the best one. And had it gone the other way, they moved people out into the community and they'd caught the virus there, mm-hmm. then you would have had the same criticism for doing the same. There's nothing perfect. And I actually think, I even think um, Donald Trump did a half-decent job. Um, I think his language was... Uh, his language around this was wrong. Um, he didn't really seem very interested, to be honest, in the whole pandemic, which is a head of state I found just absolutely, what the fuck? But once again, that's the thing, I think he uh, had slightly different priorities. He wanted to yeah. keep the economy kind of working and going and whatnot. And in yeah. fairness, America's done that better than most other countries. Like, that was what he valued. Didn't help him win the re-election, though. It didn't, it absolutely didn't. Um, but I do have to say, I, I think that for Mr. Trump, Mr. Donaldino... Um, Donaldino? <laughs> His proper, I think his language is quite dangerous when he's promoting certain things. Um, I don't really think he knew what he was saying when he was saying about the malaria drugs. I like, think so. And I think even if he did, like, you imagine he's been briefed by a lot of different people every yeah. day, like constantly by different experts. He may have been trying to repeat things that he didn't fully understand yeah. himself. Um, I think it's okay to give a bit of forgiveness for that. Like, there's actually a few things he said about that have turned out to maybe have some therapeutic help. Um, there's a certain combination of drugs that he kept touting. I think that's now um, being recommended in some cases to help with the, the worst of it. So, and um, once again, I know people say, oh, Sleepy Biden, Joe Biden. Sleepy Biden. The, the, the American response to this is absolutely adequate. Perfectly fine. Um, and they are sharing a lot of the vaccines with other countries completely, that aren't able. Right, to. yeah. Um, which is very socialist of them. No, <laughs> that's a political term. Which is very kind of them, I would say. Um, yes. So, back to Hancock. Back to Hancock. So, <laughs> What's his first name? Oh, Matt. Because I Hancock. keep referring to him. Because Matt's such a common name. Yeah. But Hancock, I've never heard of that. Sorry, that's what you're saying. So, back to Hancock. Um, just, as a, yeah, I was using that last wee ramble as an introduction to this point. Um... I actually haven't read all the details of this story yet, um, but I think his resignation and getting rid of him is actually probably the right thing. Um, I think... Did they want him gone just in general and then maybe someone internal leak this to the media? Or was no, it all like I, a setup? do you think? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it was a setup. He was having this affair, so it's been going on for a while. Um, I don't know... We were kind of talking about this earlier, mm-hmm. and just to bring the the full thing up just now and give it a, a bit, bit of context. Um, I actually don't think so. I mm-hmm. don't think this was put on. I don't think he's been snared by people in his own party. Um, I do think there is the Dominic Cummings released, who was the ex-aide to Boris Johnson. Cummings? He, God, is he still doing stuff? Yep. He released the um, some WhatsApp messages and emails that he'd had with Boris Johnson as Prime Minister. Um, I ain't unhappy at being ousted. He's trying to, you know, Very throw a bit term. of weight around, try and get a yeah, put a bit of car wreckage in there. Um, <clears throat> there was a few statements in there where Boris Johnson was, you know, basically calling um, Matt Hancock a fucking idiot. You know, he's a complete mong when it comes to um, his <laughs> role in COVID. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I don't think they've tried to get rid of him here. I just think, I, I think that he. He should have gone, no matter what. Um, despite the fact there's a lot of people don't... You know, you always have enemies in politics. You'll have some people that wanted him out for a while. It turns out 
Um, David, um, David Cameron, Boris Johnson didn't think particularly highly of him in this role. I think they've just got lucky that this has come along. Mm-hmm. I think regardless of whether they liked him or not, he would have had to go in this situation. Um, I, I feel personally that they've just got lucky that maybe a few people didn't like him or wanted them out and this has come up and it's been perfect. I haven't seen any evidence that um, he was snared into this or that someone in government leaked this to the paper. Um, it looks like um, from the videos I've seen that it was CCTV that caught him in hallways of hotels or wherever. So I'm, I'm not sure how they I got it. I wonder why men in that position do this because inevitably... Especially in a country like the UK, the press just find out. And I always wonder, why do they take such a risk? Mm. Kind of like that guy in the US, Wiener, Anthony Wiener. I don't know that one. Um, When he took nude photos of himself and he posted it online to young girls. Oh shit, yeah. And his wife was an aide to Hillary Clinton and actually worked on her campaign. And I wonder why someone who, although a political small fry in the US system, he had kind of close connections to power because his wife was an aide. And I wonder why he would put himself and particularly her in that position. And then you think, well, was he arrogant? Was he drunk with his own actually very small amount of power? Power, Could this be the same with Hancock, do you think? Like, was so, like, did he actually think that he was above it? Or do you think that he thought, you know, everyone's attracted to me because I'm big, I'm a powerful man now. I'm health secretary. Look at me. There's actually a lot to that. Um, you could answer it in a lot of different ways. Uh, What's your answer? It depends how you want to look at it. Like, what angle you want to come from. I don't know. I don't know what motivates him to you. People have sex because people like sex. I mean, fundamentally. Um... It's always been kind of quite uh, very common for politicians. Politicians get caught more than business people or it's a bigger deal when they get caught. Um, You know, they are public figures and they're kind of hated anyway, so it's always fun to bring them down a peg or two. Um, But, you know, highly stressful job. Um, Lots of, you know, if you're the MP, you've got, whether you're into, say, men or women, you know, you've got positions of power, you know, in the hierarchy you're above almost everyone else there whatever you want so um i don't know i I don't know why it happened but it was a thing um stressful job as well middle of the pandemic i the only reason i don't think he should have gone because he had an affair that actually doesn't bother me at all um with mps or msps or whatever um and i actually don't think mps or msps should be fired as much as they are or forced to resign. I remember um, until very recently, it was a very common thing that if the slightest issue came up, you would fire the MP or you would have them resign from the cabinet. Um, uh, we were talking about this earlier, actually. Weather in the UK used to be a really big one for this. Um, people, every time there was like bad weather and say trains stopped running or you know, the economy had to shut down for a few days if you had, like, a massive um, snow um, snowstorm or something. Then you would always demand that the transport secretary resigns. I also thought that was wrong because, you know, there was never... No, not People get things wrong, and as I say, in politics especially, you're acting on the fly, you're reacting to current events very quickly, so... Things can go wrong. If someone's good at a job and they made a mistake or, you know, they did the... Best, actually, sorry... 
Let me get back to this. This is the issue for me. A lot of the time, politicians are actually doing the right thing, but people just don't like it. Um, so, you know, they get, have to resign for it if a public opinion. I actually quite like the fact that both in London and up in Edinburgh, the leading party is so popular amongst their base that they actually don't have to fire or make um, cabinet ministers resign. Um, there really isn't a big impact to their electability. So we've kind of got away from that. You know, there are other dangers to that, but um, I can like the fact that people can kind of get on and just keep plugging on in these roles. Um, and I know it really upsets um, the press that they can't click their fingers and get someone sacked. Now, you remember the Dominic Cummings thing where... Um, he was caught going out to his family and whatnot, mm-hmm. and um, the press were they had, you know they were frothing at the mouth. They wanted a like a scalp from him, mm-hmm. and they couldn't get rid of him. Um, I don't think it would have been right for him to resign. Actually, I, I thought it would have been funny, and I would have liked it. You know, the mm-hmm. my party, but I didn't think he should have done. Um, that said, I think the Matt Hancock thing, being the health secretary and the person telling people about COVID regulations, having an affair like this is a very selfish way to break the rules. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's perfectly right when you're asking the public to do this that the people in charge have to um, go as well. Um, I think in Scotland, the I can't remember her name now, but the chief medical officer, mm-hmm. um, she went to a birthday party at the start of mm-hmm. lockdown and Nicola Sturgeon dismissed her. I think that's really good. I think that's right. I think minor things, I know that both Boris Johnson and Nicola Sturgeon have been caught maybe shaking hands with people at funerals and events without a mask on. That doesn't bother me. I think that's a small slip that anyone can make and I wouldn't call for anyone's scalp in that situation. But yeah, I think when you're the um, the person who's formulating the policies that determine when people can meet up with other people. If you're seen breaking it yourself, it's too difficult to deliver that message while you're tainted in that way. You know, Oh, you know, there's a new variant spreading through the country. We need everyone to go into lockdown for three weeks. Yeah, well, you didn't when you wanted to get your dick wet, so why should I? You know, it's mm-hmm. impossible to deliver that message in that case. So yeah, just said that it was interesting. I, I, he did go. Um, I think he should have done. Um, I think most politicians caught in that type of. I say typically, I don't think an affair I would care too much about, but an affair plus breaking COVID rules. It's yeah, it's fine. It's double whammy, man. Yeah, it's pretty, and it's a he you know gone, and he is gone. See, I didn't mind Dominic Cummings, kind of, even if he wanted to go visit family over the weekend, never mind the fact he was sick and whatnot, that doesn't really bother me. I think most people have, you know, pushed the rules as far as they feel comfortable uh, mm-hmm. while remaining safe. I think that's fine. Um, but yeah, that's my, my view on Matt Hancock. But I say, it just brought up for me a lot of issues around... Um, how we demand scalp from politicians when they're in office. And, sometimes and a lot of it's driven fair. by the media, particularly yeah. when they magnify something. You know, yeah. when the majority of the mainstream press really go after something or someone, it's really magnified. Yeah. And it's further reinforced now by online as well, by online social media platforms. I think that's actually overtaking it. I think actually yeah. the, the press have a bit of a chip in their shoulder. It's just like there's so much noise now, it's hard to know what's yeah, important. completely. What's real. So, yeah. But I don't really think we're going to be talking much about Hancock now, seeing as he's gone. He's gone. I wonder what he'll do now. So he's still still an MP, obviously, so he represents his people. Wait, um, is he still... You mean 
But surely they won't want him as an MP for their constituency. You can't. They? There's no mechanism to. Or to say he has to leave, or that Parliament. he gives up the MP ship. Yeah. In fact, you're not even allowed to um, uh, resign the Your resign. MP ship. Yeah, you have your MP till you know you're either elected out or you die. In fact, to get away from that, there's a way they do it. Um, mm. I can't remember what it's called now, but it's a weird title. Like So he can't just resign his MP ship? Like, he can't just say, I don't want to be an, be an MP, MP now because of what's happened? No, they have, like, an honorary title, um, which is, like, um, local parliamentarian for some weird, random, small area, and then you take on that role instead, which has no duties at all. So it's effectively you are... Um, you know, resigned at that point, but there's no mechanism to, to, um, give up yourself as an MP. So um, to resign as an MP, which is why they just give you some random, tiny job with no duties, and then yeah. they find someone else to do your one. Um. So he is still he'll be backbench MP. Um, I said you could probably still get elected again. I mean, you're still going to be a big name. You'll have a good media reel. Um, to get onto the ballot, he'd have to meet the the local, the whatever the local constituency is, mm-hmm. like conservative group. They'll have to vote him onto it. Um, I think that the conservatives have a rule within their kind of local bodies where, um, sitting MPs obviously have priority to to be there. Um. Of course, the party can make it difficult for them if they don't want to give that up, but um, <clears throat> they could kick them out of the party, I guess, but it gets kind of difficult and messy at that point. Um, yeah, I, and I don't think it's been that bad. You know, MPs have, you know, had affairs and been able to... You know, Normally, you have to give up your front bench duties in the cabinet, but you still get to stay on, and like uh, most of the people I've caught having affairs keep going until they want to leave themselves. So... Um, so I mean if he's smart he'll stay out of the limelight for a while and then he'll creep his way back in I'll probably be Prime Minister in a decade's time yeah that sounds like British politics and to be honest it's, you know, Covid's been difficult to deal with now he's probably glad just to get away from it yeah it's probably not been <laughs> can settle down for a bit for yeah yeah so if he braves the storm as they say this is it he weathers the storm as they say okay okay well that's kind of the end of the saga for Hancock in a minute. Yeah, as I said, the, the story's pretty standard as far as he's concerned. I did, so it brought up a lot of ideas for me that, you know, I've been thinking about um, for a while where, you know, question being, why do we get rid of MPs? Or like, what at what point does it reach a level where um, they're starting to do damage to the party and whatnot? And, but also, this uh, is a bit of trial by media as well. well. I, this is what I was going to say. I actually, I think... At the moment, the media, a lot of people within the media, you know, it's a too large a group to really um, kind of pin down, but a lot of people who had a lot of sway and power, say, a decade ago and before, um, they're less, the media, the traditional print journalism has far less of an impact on things than it did. You know, they cannot demand MPs' jobs now um, to the same degree that they could before. 
Um, I say you really saw the vitriol and anger from the media with the Dominic Cummings thing. I mean, it was wall yeah, to wall. Yeah, they really went after for him. four or five days. More so than Hancock, but Cummings managed to keep his job during yeah. that period. Hancock's been thrown under the bus very quickly by a lack of support. Yeah. From the PM, well, from the cabinet, go, really. I think regardless, that I, this I don't is think a bit that different. But they liked him very much in the first place. No, but probably not. But just to say the to say the Dominic Cummings thing. Um, the media only let it go after, I don't even remember this, but on social media, the public was starting to turn against the media. They felt it was far too aggressive, um, what they were doing to them. And even people that don't like the Conservatives mm-hmm. or voted Remain or that were starting to say, this is a bit much now. And I think the, the media was just furious media. that they couldn't um, dislodge someone that had done something that they thought was wrong. Oh, the um, British media can be horrible. Like they'll, like they will build a person up and then they'll mercilessly yeah. just break them down until right. they're just like a screwing mess in the corner. I mean, look at Meghan Markle. But they're starting to lose that power now. Um, I think things like social media and online and smaller journalism Maybe is actually against it. Yeah, is actually far more effective because there's more platforms, so mm. there's more noise. So I think maybe a lot of people are like, oh, we don't really know which yeah. way to go. Hence the rise of fake news. You see, I, I really, there will have been a few cases, but I can't remember the last time that the media was able to successfully call for someone's resignation. I know there's been a number of um, politicians had to resign in recent years because what they did was wrong. Like people have done, you know, the SNPs lost a few MPs and MSPs because they've done things that were wrong and they had to get rid of them. But I don't remember the last time that the party wanted to keep someone who'd done something and the media just made such a big deal that they had to force them to resign. Um, I, I don't remember the last time they were successful at that. It's uh, a kind of different different world there. So um, it's interesting. A bit too different from my world. Right. Let's end it then, Ali, seeing as you keep signalling. Signalling? Signalling. Well, no, that's the signal to say that we're just got to coming up to 30 minutes. So I thought you might like to know. Okay, all right. Well, listeners, I've been informed that we're up to 30 minutes and that is real, that's us done speaking about Matt Hancock and good luck on his next chapter of his life. Absolutely. And Don't know what else to say. Sounds like a bit of a cliche, but good luck to him. Like, okay. Just before we sign off, to let everyone know that we do have the Twitter account now. So that's at BAMPOTPOD. Um... Follow us on Twitter, you know, leave a comment about what you thought of this episode and, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down. Why don't you tell us what you guys Call think us about a name. it? Yeah. Call us out if you feel our opinions are too opinionated. We need to work on this talking over each other, actually. Well, yeah, <laughs> I think that you need to. Yeah. Like, it's kind of you that interrupts me. It is. It's never me that interrupts you. No. So, okay. <laughs> don't forget the Twitter. Bye from Kat. Bye from Alistair. Bye from Bampot Productions Podcast. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.